right, and here we are with the tenth fabulous edition of number Radio 10. Free Partick. Number Can ten. Ten not out. They said it wouldn't last. Uh, we usually broadcast live from Partick Pumping Station, season. but no, today we are caught up in the royal crisis like everyone else and we're a bit downcast about I, it aren't we a bit worried and we feel we should sh- i'm worried about the future of the monarchy exactly it's something we've lived with it's guided our lives uh-huh. all these wonderful people who exist on a higher moral plane to the rest of us uh-huh. the regal flux we're in a state of regal flux and we're very worried and we think we should pay our respects and show how firmly and how much we believe in the institution of the royal Are family. Are you going to tug your forelock? I'm going to tug my forelock. Oh, it's I come off in my hand. Oh, I glued it back one. on. I don't. It's because I've tugged off my forelock over the years <laughs> and the rest of my hair in well, paying yeah. my respects. Paying your respects, you've tugged off your forelock. Fall, indeed, your forelock. it's often been said that he's tugged his forelock. Anyway, yeah. right, but we thought we should move to somewhere more fitting. We thought we should move to... Um, Queen's Crescent Queen's Crescent Crown Circus Prince Albert Road Prince's Gardens Prince Albert Road's not a ring road just to let you know comedy Crown Gardens what about Crown Road North and then there's always Crown Road South we could go there Crown Road West, Crown Road East. There isn't, though. They don't exist. Prince's Gardens Lane. Mm -hmm. No, we're not going to go to any of those places. You've been in Queen's Gardens Lane? I think you have. I think you may be making a homophobic reference there. Let's move on from that. Joke. Joke. A little joke. Right, but we're going to stay in Partick because today we are broadcasting live From. from... Megan Merklin Street. Street. Da da. And uh, my sidekick, Alan Fraser, he's sidekick. here. Si- associate, my associate, associate my fondly regarded, side, my fondly regarded associate. He's a royal expert. I am an insider. He's the man the royals confide confide in. The man with the king sized boils. The man the royals <laughs> recoil from. The royals oily foil. And you've got lots of inside expert stuff that you haven't made up, have you, at all, in any way, about the royal crisis? It's, it's a constitutional crisis. It's a crisis that we're all worried about. And, you know, then who's going to be next in line? Have people moved away from being next in line to the throne? Are they all sort of like, am I... Any now in li- you now in line. You being, could be being the king, past the royal parcel of England. But and you've got uh, the inside skinny on the royal crisis. You no, haven't I, made I, it up. I haven't made it up. No, no it's all hot poop. You've got hot I don't have poop. Any hot poop with me? No but, hot poop. But I was just remembering that the, the Mark, Marks and Spencer called themselves Markle and Sparkle and rebranded themselves Did a they? couple of years ago for that royal wedding, which was just astonishingly poor. Yeah, and uh, and looks like an even bigger uh, mistake now. And we are, we paid two million pounds. Well, not us personally, but we paid a share of it to between do up us. between between the two of us, more or less, to do up Frogmore Cottage for the Frogmore happy couple. Frogmore Cottage, is that where they stayed? That is where they apparently still say if they're going to leave, does it just get filled with frogs again and become more Frog Cottage? I yeah, don't know. Yeah, but is it named after like the first frog that was kissed and became a prince? A prin- possibly that's what it is. Yeah. Meghan Markle kissed a prince <laughs> and turned him into a frog and they both hopped off. Whoa! Uh-huh. Right, uh, we're going to review films. I think it's a to be honest. Is it? Yes. To, oh, yeah, well, listen, well, well, let's not mention... Shall we get back to the Royals uh-huh. later? Uh-huh. Any of the other Royal scandals that possibly uh-huh. may have, may not have erupted uh, involving... Anyway, let's move on. Films. We're going to talk about films, aren't we? We're going to talk about a film that I think we're agreed is the film of the...
year's well it wouldn't be difficult to be the film of the year so the far year so in far. January but I feel it's the film possibly I don't know the film of the decade already Jojo Rabbit oh that's a, that's a big that's big, a big claim big yes theme. I know nobody's going to remember I made it in 10 years time so I'm safe well, I think you are recording this remember oh for posterity oh, people will still be listening in yeah. 10 years time well, let's see listen to to the end of the year oh which doubtless 10 years time whichever comes first with Donald Trump at the helm, who knows? Nineteen uh, seventeen. We've both seen nineteen. I really enjoyed nineteen seventeen. Good, good, it was a good. bit of an experience, a bit of a immersive experience. Yes, uh-huh. yes. I went to see Uncut Gems, which we might get to I if we've got enough that. time. Adam Sandler, which is a very unpleasant film about a very unpleasant bunch of people that doesn't make it a bad film. It's actually quite a good film. Uh, we also, we, I'm rubbing my. Rubbing my nose now because the whole I've got a bit gone a bit sniffly and a bit tearful with the whole royal thing. It's getting to me. I'm so upset about. Have you been taking cocaine? No, that's not what we and the royals ever get up to at all. None of them. No, not 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 once. Anyway, TV. We're going to perhaps talk about a couple of TV shows, comedy pilots, two Scottish comedy pilots, The Scots by written by Florence and Connell, Mm -hmm. and then the other comedy uh, pilot that we saw, Scottish comedy pilot, was called. Group and it provided an answer to our perennial question: What yes, would Denise, Denise Miner do? She'd write a TV comedy pilot. Uh-huh. Alongside Annie Griffin. Yes, that was Group. Uh, we might also deconstruct some jokes, <laughs> old jokes in the Stuart <laughs> do, do, do Lee you manner. Trying to say to tell jokes but getting them wrong is that possible? Well, yeah, deconstruct. Add a bit of philosoph- philosophical nonsense. Yeah, at the start in the Stuart work. Lee fashion, yeah, to make not very funny jokes even less funny, uh, and then we I th- we're going to start off with uh, a film that neither of us saw, oh. uh, Little Women. Let's okay. see, we're breaking new ground here. Um, I uh, dispatched a group of uh, medium-sized women to the cinema to see Little Women. Uh Uh, There is some news about Little Women because you might not know this. The cast is Saoirse Ronan, Emma Watson, Florence Pugh and Eliza Scanland. They... Not Robert Florence then. No. Florence Pugh. Pugh, Not Robert Florence. They play the... I think they're the March sisters. Is that correct? I can't remember. Uh, Yes, the the March sisters. No, not not the Marx brothers. Ah, Very good. Um, And uh, the, the news there is that that is the cast. Established cast. Very good cast. All very, very good. Uh, but initially, Sandy Toxvig and Sandy Toxvig <laughs> and Susan Kalman were both in the running. But that's to be easy for you to say. Little Women, yes, they were in the running to be in the cast of uh-huh. Little Women, but they were both too little. They're too big. Down. Too little. Too little. Oh, comedy. So the medium-sized women that you dispatched. Yes, they very much enjoyed it because they would all remembered reading the book, uh, and they were impressed that it was true to the book. True to the 19th century period in which it was set, but they were also uh, pleased about its convincingly feminist message, which when they read the book, they weren't quite aware of this and thought it must have been added retrospectively by the filmmakers. Uh-huh. But uh, Joe, the heroine, played by Saoirse Ronan, uh, is a convincing uh, feminist heroine for this age that we live in now. And the mother, played by Laura Dern. Laura Dern, in another good film, she was in Marriage Story. She was very oh, good of course in she was, yes. Uh-huh. She's the mother, the marked mother. She's a convincing, strong feminist figure as well. And everybody, all my, my medium-sized women liked Little Women, uh, although they felt it lapsed into Hollywood cliche a little bit at the end. So there you go. Mm. 
But as neither of us have neither of us have seen it, we can't really. Well, not yet. I mean, agree or disagree. Will I see it? Will I see it? I do remember it's reading. Pro- the I book. probably won't go to the cinema to see it. I'm sure I read it as a kid, but I just have no memory of it. Mm. I probably dismissed it as a girl's book. Ah, there you go. That's like. your mistake. Well, and in the Me Too era, that's mm. what me isn't doing, and you too aren't I'm doing it. Not, not doing what? Dismissing, dismissing things, things as, as women's books, books or, or, or whatever, because that's horrid, you can't men. do that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We're all people, aren't yes, we? Yes, we are. We are Unless we're women, uh-huh. or, or trans journey people. Oh no, that's opening all another all bag of worms altogether. No, no, no. So, what should we do first? Should we do the TV shows first? We could do. The Scots. go to films, I suppose, yeah. Yeah, we'll move on to films after the Scots, right? The Scots and Group. The Scots is Robert Florence and Ian Connell, and they're both in it. Uh, Barbara Rafferty and Louise McCarthy, among the other cast members. Uh, I thought it was very stylish looking. Uh, It was very modern. Uh, It felt very kind of cutting-edge comedy. It didn't make me laugh out loud, but I gradually... Um, got more and more laughs out of it as it progressed. It's based on the all the comedy comes out of the characters, the interactions of this dysfunctional family. Dysfunctional family is always great subjects for I comedy. I laughed quite a lot at this. I watched it with my wife and with my son, and uh, we all had a good laugh at it. I definitely I think, think it was a bit. It was a little bit all over the place. It was a yeah. bit sort of like um, scattered at, at times. You know what I mean? But there was certainly plenty of laughs in it. When they try to tell a bit of a story in the middle, it sort of lost its impetus a little bit. No, but, I, thought, um, I thought I was never conscious of there being a well, plot like, imposed kind of, on it. They're, they're kind of trying to set up this kind of like family the dynamic, big, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. You know? And because it's a, a pilot, because it's a first of, there is a, an awful lot of kind of, you know, setting up of who's who and introducing characters. Because it's also a sort of like flying a wall documentary type thing with, you know, Speaking to the camera, yep, yep. it's easy enough to do that, you know. But, but I felt uh, all yeah, the, I thought, it was funny I felt the characters were all real and different enough to be, you know, you, you felt, oh, I've not seen this kind of character or this kind of family comedy before, um, and uh, I thought it was well worth a series. Um, the yeah, the, as I said, plot emerged from character. Yeah, and one of my issues with Still Game, which is for a comedy. It's really, really funny, mm-hmm. Still Game, which is all you really need. But sometimes I felt the plots in Still Game were pretty far-fetched and pretty unrealistic and didn't work terribly well. They tried to hang a whole plot around some one joke. silly almost. coincidence, uh-huh. yeah, coincidental yeah. bit of nonsense. I, I find that sometimes in some of them, yeah. But uh, that's not something the Scots did. Uh, the Scots, well worth commissioning as a series shall we move on to group co-written by annie griffin who wrote the book group and she's also written a feature film and she did a tv series a comedy series about edinburgh that for some reason got chopped up horribly truncated and came out as one single program that didn't make oh, very that's much the one I sense thought you were talking about that was a film wasn't it called fringe yeah that was the film that was that a was feature film. film but there was also a, a tv series which you may it kind of came and went it should right, have been a series yeah. i don't know what went wrong not annie griffin's fault i'm sure mm-hmm. but it turned up as a very truncated strange one-off show about folk in edinburgh right. um i, I don't, don't think that, I, do, well, I did see fringe and i'm sure fringe was, was terrific it had uh, chris o'dowd in it i think uh-huh. and uh, annie griffin is greatly underused i think as a writer for tv uh, but group i thought was terrific um it, i felt it wasn't a sitcom it wasn't 
you know, a laugh every 30 seconds. I thought it was a comedy drama. I thought it was a comedy drama as well. I thought it was a lot of clever lines in it, which you would smile at rather than laugh. Yes. There was a lot of laughs in it. Also, it suffered from being the first of, you know, and and a pilot then looking. But I think that one actually may have had... The green light to sort of... Oh, has it already? I well, read that somewhere. I, I don't don't take me if that's okay. uh, the truth or not, I'm not sure. My issues with it, I felt, as the first one, it took way longer to set up its um, somewhat stereotypical reason why all these people were together in this uh, self-help therapy group. I thought it too, took too long to do that. Um, and when people... Uh, when the characters just got on with being the characters... I felt it became a whole lot more realistic and funny, and I felt they threw away one of their gags, which was about the uh, group therapy, the therapy group leader having more issues than the actual people in the group who were paying her for her expertise Uh, and leading uh the group. I felt that was thrown away really, really quickly. It was kind of obvious that that's what that gag was and that's what it worked towards. And they should have made her a more authoritative sort of a figure to start with. But again, it was um, really, really promising, well worth a commission, I felt. I think there's another one as well, but I don't know There is another is. one which I've forgotten to, to have a look to see what it is. It may be this weekend, I'm we, not oh, sure. Oh, well, so long as it's not happened already. I don't think it has. And I due to our incompetence, we've missed it. All right, I did okay. mean to have a look and see. There was a third... Uh, of these um, pilots going out. We should try, school. in fairness, we should try and see it. But I think they'll both get legs. I think they definitely have. You know, um... And uh, the question, what would Denise Minor do? She would write a very promising mm-hmm. comedy drama. That's what she's done. Griffin, yeah. That's what she's done. Thumbs up to her. Uh-huh. Have we seen her around the West End at all recently? Uh, I haven't bumped into her recently, no. no. Did you not go to the theatre with her? Oh, I did over Christmas, I did. And you saw saw the the Ormore Panto. And that was really very... Quite good. Interesting, (laughs) yes. Do you know, I think I I, I I didn't get as involved in it as I usually do because we were kind of sitting at the back, you know, at the bar, not in the body of the the audience. Well, we had... We'd be given tickets, we'd comb tickets. Or and more. Sitting up the back. That room uh-huh. up the back, if you uh-huh. sit up the back, you can't actually hear anything. Yeah, it was... Yes. Aye, and I think that's a kind a of... perennial problem. Uh-huh. Or and more really should sort that out. I'm not taking any of my People... plays there again until we've sorted it out. <laughs> People seem to be having a good laugh and a good fun, but... Uh, I don't think it was good. As... The people down the front... I don't, I don't think it was good as last happening. year, I must say. Oh, but right, um, okay. more than that, I'm not going to comment, because I can't really remember. Good. Um, last year's. Because you were remember. completely drunk. No, no, because I, You've not I just remember enjoying. You make a habit of going to the theatre drunk. Saying that I was drunk. I wasn't drunk. Hmm. Right. I had one glass of wine at lunchtime. What would Denise Miner do? She wouldn't have a pie no, or a glass of whiskey no, like you didn't. did. She didn't have a pie either. Hmm. Right. <clears throat> what would Denise Miner do? She wouldn't have a pie. That's it. That's this week's. Shall we move on to the films? Right, um, okay. Shall we do the film? We've both <clears throat> seen 1917. Unusually, yep. we've both seen the same film, seen two films. Well, you, you gave you fear, fear Gave you warning, told uh-huh. you what to do, where to go, uh-huh. Uh-huh. told you where the cinema was, how to get open the door, give the man the money uh-huh. out of the desk at the front. Uh-huh. Okay. I did all that. 1917. Then I went round to the wrong one. Uh-huh. Oh. You know, and you were watching melodies. Oh. Uh, 1917, yes. I, I really enjoyed it. A very immersive, as I said earlier on, experience. Um, it's, you know, 
it's, the, there's all made of the, the tracking shots. The, 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 the one, like, the single the, take, the, the ostensibly. Ostensibly yes, single yeah. take, which of course it isn't, yes. but it makes you feel that way, you know. Um, it works that way. It's know? immersive uh-huh. in that there's uh-huh. like you, you're in, you are actually I mean, in there, in the trenches, uh-huh. in the mud, with the corpses and the rats emerging yeah, I mean, from you, the you corpses. You know, I... Yeah, I, I couldn't even get my seat in a single take. I actually fell over the seat behind when I was trying to take my seat. So oh. I thought it was going to absolutely you, you hopeless, hopeless in the war, hopeless, hopeless in the war. But the, 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 the odd thing about it was um, the part where it becomes apparent that um, it's largely shot and governed. Oh no, there's only one bit that's governed. Oh yeah, yeah, but yeah, no, so no, not largely. But this, this particular the govern, scene, the this bridge scene, the bridge scene, yeah, uh-huh, is when, shot in yes, Govan Graving Dock. Yes, uh huh. Uh, right. Which is um, it's kind of disconcerting because I, it's one I didn't recognise it. It's one of these things you have to put out of your head, I yeah. suppose. But at the did same you, time, so did you know before you went that it was I, shot in? I'd actually forgotten. Right, but I did know that um, that, that there was um, Creative Scotland were involved in it because. Um, friend Mark who had a credit at the end. Ah right. Um Mark Showbiz. Mark Showbiz had a credit at the end because he was works with Creative Scotland and you know And, and was it his bridge that, that they broke? It, was, uh, it might well have been, you know. I thought it was a, a bit of an allegory of um, me trying to find my way to the south side of Glasgow, really, oh, you know, because because it is a kind of strange wasteland over there, isn't it? There is still a south side. We have mm-hmm. a south side. I mean, I've been in the subway, but to actually go physically, like, Very strange for you, is it? Oh, yeah. You know, Get, there's, crossing um, the water, I don't know a, if I could do it. There's a true story about the filming of uh, the uh, Govan Graving Dock stuff, uh, which happened, I think it was last summer, and apparently some local two local youths um, gained access to the uh, closed uh, site uh, and they were in a boat which apparently, I don't know, it would have been better had they stolen the boat, I don't know, a rowing boat, Mm -hmm. whether it was just a rowing boat they found. And they rowed out and apparently, and this is very Glaswegian because this is very Glaswegian insult to use or a piece of Glaswegian mockery. Apparently they were out there on their boat shouting at anybody that they saw moving about on site, shouting... Steven Spielberg! Steven Spielberg! And this seems a very Glaswegian thing to shout the name of the world's most successful. Who was, whose name was on it as a producer? Is I think that he, right? Yeah, I think it is. Or, no, it's Scusese. No, is it not Scusese? No, no, no it's Spielberg. No, it was Spielberg. Can I say, you, you've, enjoyed the, you've enjoyed the film, praised it as a film. I had various issues with it. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's a great immersive experience and it's tense. Uh-huh. Uh, up to a point, I think it kind of runs out of steam after about an hour. Um, my issue is that it is just basically completely untrue because um, the f- the facts of the First World War, which I've many years ago I did a bit of study about this, you know, for O level back mm-hmm. in nineteen eleven, before there even was the well, First World War, incredibly. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the truth of the First World War was that uh, millions of men sat around in mud and in trenches up to their elbows in knee in, in, in mud and filth and rats and essentially didn't move for years and they were might they might have moved thirty meters one way and then moved back forty five meters. 
and it just went on for year in year out thousands hundreds of thousands of men died and the basic premise of the film is that uh, British High Command want to prevent 1600 men being needlessly killed mm. when in fact you know 1600 men were needlessly killed about every 25 minutes um, and uh, the, the stuff about you go and find your brother and tell your brother and stop this waste of humanity it's like this is not this isn't what happened the british high command not through not, not not because they were evil but just because they were i think incompetent and kind of uncaring couldn't have cared less about the deaths of many thousands upon thousands well, I mean, upon thousands of british soldiers i mean that is what it's about isn't it it was about the needless waste of all these people but yeah, was well, there any change in, in in attitude by that time by 1917 the germans never retreated as a tactical thing to try and entice anybody but, but in. But do films have to be true? Do they have to... Yes. I mean, they, they don't have, have to be, be factually or... correct. Yeah, but... They have to be true, and it just wasn't for me true. What was the message of the film? The message of the film is, war is not very nice. Yeah, I, I, I guess so. By the end of it, I, th I thought, well, that was that, and there he goes, and that's him, and, mm. you know... Um, I, I, you know, if that's a spoiler, I have no, no idea. No, 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 it's no. I'm but sure you know what not. I mean. You, you, there wasn't a lot learned from it. No, um, and I also think I, I also think using um, sort of famous actors as in cameos roles kind of took you out of it. A that was bit. very strange because the, yeah. the, the the main characters were kind of just young guys who they may have been in things I've never seen but George Mackay George Mackay I think has been in things I'll yeah. come, can I come back to George Mackay can of I go course. back to the cameos of course like Colin Firth was uh, your archetypal bluff old military leader uh, and he was he was quite good Mark actually, Strong I thought was good well Mark Strong's a good actor yeah. and he's not like he's not like A-list he's A-list list so you know and and his part was his part was better, and it, yeah. it was more sympathetic. Yeah, you know, yeah the, the, it was. The gruff, um, yes. the gruff major. The old the gruff, sweat with a few words of advice, humane words of advice uh -huh. for the youngsters. Yeah. Andrew Scott, though, outstanding uh -huh. as the bitter, mm -hmm. surreally twisted, couldn't care less... Sexy priest. Sexy priest, uh, military man who has been terribly wounded by his exposure. Cynical, he's been wounded by the, his exposure to all this mud-spattered death and horror. Uh, he was great. He, he wanted to see him in the film, mm -hmm. give him a film. Mm -hmm. um, but George Mackay, uh, I went with a pal. It was actually one of the medium-sized women went with me mm -hmm. to see 1917. And she pointed out, and I'm glad she left it right to the end after I'd seen the film, she said that George Mackay um, had the kind of look and some of the slightly hapless innocent mannerisms of Michael Crawford in <laughs> Some Mothers Do Have Them. Oh, Betty, I've, I've been eaten by a rat. Ooh, oh, this mud is killing me. And I'm glad she didn't say that while the film was on because it might have spoilt the film completely, but thankfully it, it didn't. Off, yes. Yes. I, I, well, there's I, some I, truth I, in I, it, I didn't I think. see that. I didn't see that. And I didn't see that in him at all. But, Michael Crawford is actually one of um, Britain's leaders, lead, leading Frank Spencer impersonators. Did you know that? Uh, is he? Mm. Never have known that. He's very good. What about does he? Does he not do a Frank Skinner impression? Yeah, he's oh, that, him. Ah, okay. Right. Shall we move on? What should we move on to next? Shall can I talk about uncut gems or shall we do some comedy deconstructions? Oh, I don't know. 
we might as well do some comedy if I can find the comedy de deconstructions on these various bits of paper right deconstructed jokes right uh, and this is work for Stuart Lee and uh -huh. admittedly with us it is just a way of covering up the fact that we're just telling old jokes not very well yeah but uh, I've got a couple of jokes Stuart Lee's been doing this for like you know the same sort of and he's a master. And he's, he's, years. he's got been deconstructing. He's been writing books about it. He's a great performer. He's uh -huh. very clever. Way more clever so than I am. Way gonna, more politically. They're going to go up against him. A couple him. of bits of paper. Yeah. Yeah. yeah why not? Old jokes written on them. Yeah. 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 Let's go for it. But let's have, let's talk about these jokes okay. that we're going to do before we do them, mm -hmm. um, so that people don't have any expectations of them being funny. So we, let's talk okay. about the nature so of comedy from from a very from low, before we even start. Before we even start. Yeah. Right. Okay. So. Joke, these jokes, these kinds of jokes, they always begin with a man uh -huh. walking into a shop or some sort of or high pub. street pub, commercial institution yeah. of some kind. Uh, am I, why is it always a man? It, is it because men are just naturally, innately more stupid and annoying and comical and they need to be taken down and they are the fit target for the, this type of well, joke? Is that what it is? looking at it. Is, or is it what is there? What's the other way of looking at I don't it? Then? No, maybe it was, it was always just it's become a tradition because it was men telling these jokes and this bloke did this and this guy did this and you know what I mean. I don't know. And we need to move on from this. This is all outmoded comedy. Yeah, My maybe this is, this maybe we're being really work. maybe we a woman no. walks into a bar. You're already thinking yeah, and what if a woman walks into a bar? It's a whole different. You're a yeah, bit alarmed for the woman. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but women can be equally as stupid as men. Oh, a woman walks into a collagen lip filler <laughs> place. I think women who do that to their faces, uh, young women who have their lips filled, it's ridiculous. Uh -huh. Any woman who does that, it's ridiculous. Right. Well, you know. You've written a joke about that? No. No. I'm just going to do the old male uh, okay. wa man walks into a bar. Okay. So I start with the first one, okay. which is, uh, do you want to, should we do this, in, we can do it line by line, Line by line, a man walks into a greengrocer's and can you help me, the man says, I think I'm a moth. You can be the greengrocer. Um, okay. Oh, I, I think you'd be better off at the psychiatrist. It's, uh, it's next door. And to this I reply, yeah, I know, but your light was on. Oh, no, you I, laughed. I, I laughed you you I, could see that coming, like you that still joke. laughed. It's actually one of my favourite jokes. Ah, right, okay. But... I, I would have no, I wouldn't be a greengrocer. Right, can I deconstruct that? Because I wouldn't be a greengrocer. What would you make? What would you, well, what would you it, prefer? Why it, is a greengrocer? It's quite funny. Yeah, no, nobody talks about greengrocers yeah, anymore. Also, also, I would have it that he goes up the stairs to that place. Right. Do you know oh, what I mean? Because okay. oh, you see the light at the right. window. He goes up. Ah. Do you know what I mean? And that's what, what the moth would be attracted to in, you know, in the distance. So but greengrocers wouldn't be upstairs, would no, it? Well, it wouldn't be a greengrocer. Uh, what would never, it be? It'd be some sort of office or something. Next goes door into to a solicitor. Yeah, something like that in, mm. in a block. See, we've deconstructed this job uh -huh. to, a even, to an even greater degree <laughs> than Stuart Lee. So eat your heart out, yeah, Stuart Lee. Take that. Right, we've got the other joke that we're going to deconstruct. 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 Let's deconstruct it. Um, it's one of my favourite jokes. Yeah, it's about favorites. a joke about uh, a small boy mm -hmm. um, and uh, his father. And uh, the mother isn't is, is, is away. The mother's absent. So this sets up all sorts of disastrous possibilities because what plainly the father will be a feckless father. Oh, yeah. As indeed he is uh -huh. because he's lying half asleep on the sofa. Um, I don't know and, about that. Well, he, 
it's a Saturday afternoon. He's watching something on horse. No horse racing isn't on the telly anymore. That's not there anymore. It's all gone. Well, this it, is an old joke. It so is an old. Oh, can we take it back to the sixties? Watching World of Sport with Dickie Davis. Over to whoever the wrestling guy was. I've forgotten his name. Kent Walden. Kent Walden. Yes, yeah. there you go. And Jackie Palo. Jackie Palo's yes. fighting against giant haystacks. And or... anybody under the age of 57 will have no idea what we're talking about. Not a clue. When wrestling was wrestling. It was real it's wrestling. not now, real is it? It's just then. a pantomime. Yeah, it was a real then. We're all kidding on now. Yes. No, anyway, right, so it's the small boy, the uh-huh. father. The father isn't really taking full care of the boy because uh-huh. the boy... The boy. He is. Am I the boy or you the boy? Uh, I'll be the boy. You be the no, boy. you be the you be the boy. You can be the boy. You be the boy. You can have the punchline okay. to this one. You're the boy, because this boy. No, the punchline is yours then. Oh God, yeah, you're right. I'm the boy. Am no. I the boy or the whole? No, you carry on. Oh, right, okay. No, no, I'll be the boy. I'll I'll be the boy. Be the boy so no, you I'll can have the. the I'll, I'll be... okay. I'll be the boy. Right, you, you get the punchline because the, the small this boy. Is, this is deconstructing comedy. Yes, and it is, I'm sure like, you're, before your very eyes. People, I can, you can sense people have just uh-huh. got really enthralled by them. Where are these two guys going yeah. with this? Behind what's their happening? very ears. What's happening? Uh, so I'm now the small boy, right, and okay. I hear a... Sure. And I come in. We We've gone off at a different... Ta- right. The small boy says, Dad, Dad, there's a man at the door with a bill. And the father, lying on the couch, half asleep, one eye on the wrestling yes. on the television, says... Look again, son. It must be a duck. Duck. Messed it up. Look again, son. It must be a duck with an hat on. Yay! It must be a doctor. A doctor. With a hip replacement on. Oh, dear. Yeah, we could do that again. One line that got and messed up. Can we just start the whole thing again? No. No. That's how comedy can just wriggle away. Comedy. It's a tightrope. It's dangerous. But there's lots of those sort of jokes. They start with the Englishman, Irishman, Scotsman. Oh, yes. Those kind of like... Like an Englishman and an Irishman, a Scotsman, a white horse, a farmer with a pig under his arm, a one-eyed pirate with a parrot in his shoulder, a unicorn, three monkeys, and a giraffe walk into a bar. And the barman says, is this some kind of a big joke? Oh, fantastic. I didn't see that one coming. Marvellous. Wonderful stuff. Loving your work. Absolutely astounding. Um, right, so we go now to uh, Jojo Rabbit, which I thought was absolutely wonderful, and I was re- reluctant. Taken by it than... I was reluctant to go. Were, yeah, were you not? Did you go for middle-sized women again? No, I uh, go. I went with my wife, who is just a perfectly <laughs> perfectly sized woman. She was one of the medium-sized women, it must be said, uh, but she was a me- medium-sized woman purely for the purposes of the joke about little women. She's an entirely wonderfully spot-on. Perfectly sized woman, as I've yeah. said. I can't make that plain you, enough. You, you can't make that if ever she listens to this, which she, she won't, won't, so it's fine. Won't, fine. I can say what I like. Uh, Jojo Rabbit, I was reluctant to go and see it because I didn't see any way that you can um, make fun of Hitler through the eyes of a seven-year-old boy without making Hitler seem a more sympathetic figure. Uh, and yet uh, he is a figure of fun. Uh, in this in this film, Jojo Rabbit, uh, but he's also you understand the just the horror and reality of uh, the Nazi 
Holocaust, the persecution of mm. the Jews in the Second World War was. You, there's no, there's no uh, sugaring of the awful no, hit, there isn't. I mean, Nazi there's, there's pill. Some, there's some real bits that kind of you know punch you in the gut yeah. when you're um, enjoying the comedy, you know. And of course, the figure isn't Hitler. It's this little boy's perception, perception of this, you know, Hitler because figure that he is a nice, dutiful little German boy mm. who wants to be a good Nazi without really realizing what that means. Mm. Um, and uh, his notion of uh, Hitler is yeah, it's just very, very funny. But there's uh, some really good stuff early on as well when they sort of like when you know he's in the camp with, with the, the bullying Nazi Hitler uh, youth. Uh, yes. And the camp, the youth camp is what I'm talking about. Um, it was very, do you know, and I, afterwards, the whole tone of it sort of bothered me. Afterwards, when I was thinking about it, you know. In what way was that? Because, because it was, because I was laughing along and then something really kind of hits you and it kind of turns very serious. It, the, the seriousness is there beyond the comedy. It did work. I mean, and, and you know, um, humour in films about war it's you know it's no new thing but um no i, I did enjoy it but um really new some music as well i thought yes um, right at the beginning they had um they had the the beatles singing in german oh yes 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 uh-huh. and which we won't spoil things though but no no is, i wouldn't i wouldn't there is another song which appears at the end yes, which uh-huh. we won't say what no, that no, was no, or who I, the I, artist I is i wouldn't i wasn't going but, to but uh you must uh well you if you go you Again, will stay to the end as well, I thought, yeah uh-huh. it's just the uh-huh. best use of this song by uh-huh. this person uh-huh. in film ever i would say uh, uh, i don't know i don't know it's a great song, yeah, it's but a great song, this yeah. version of the song uh-huh. all makes perfect sense. Uh, Stephen Merchant, as a sinister Gestapo uh, officer, um, I never thought I'd be able to look at Stephen Merchant in any film um, and be a little bit frightened of him. Mm-hmm. I always thought he would just promote instant, prompt instant uh, laughter, <coughs> but um, he is very sinister as well as being funny with yeah. all his Gestapo and that was, sidekicks. That was, that was a- that was a sort of tense scene. Yes, that, uh, he was involved in. Sam know. Rockwell was brilliant, I thought, as I thought the uh, funny, gung ho, cynical, and yet poignant Captain Klenzendorf. Mm-hmm. Rebel Wilson is very good. Um, Alfie Allen uh, as one of the jeering teenage Nazi bullies. Finkel, he's very good. Um, yeah, the cast was great. I mean, it's very terrific. Just afterwards, I was just thinking, I don't know. I'd maybe like to see it again. I think. You know what I mean? I would like to Without see it again. Without the impact that, you know, you're watching it for the first time and you're laughing at jokes that you're just seeing for the first time and actually sort of study it a little bit more, you know. Anyway, I thought I Scarlett Johansson was wonderful. She well. was. She was excellent. Yes. She was but excellent. then she's pretty much wonderful in but everything But I think she knows. calling it um, Film of the Decades. Well, I know. I'm sticking my, sticking my neck out there. You certainly are. I thought it was both funny and different and profound. Um, and, uh, yes... Wonderful, the, wonderful stuff. The music I thought. at the start when they used the Beatles singing in um, in German was it um, was it the version of "She Loves Me"? Was it that one? Was I it? forget which one it is. Which kind of reminds me of um, "Gustep Mama" by the Ruttles. Ah, yes. Which was um, um, Neil Innes's take. On... We were going to talk about Neil Innes. Well, because we did pass away over Christmas and yeah. stuff, didn't they? So, um, 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 but that sort of reminded me of that yeah. and the, the the Ruttles' take on the Beatles. The Ruttles period was this very very funny. Uh, all you need is cash. Is that uh-huh. the that's the film of the, the film. but the, but the CD the, 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 the music is worth the, listening oh, to. Oh yeah, as 
Neil Innes's music was fantastic. Great songwriter. Uh-huh. Really sweet. Uh, wrote great love songs. I suppose he was kind of inspired by the Beatles, mm-hmm. uh, but never, never but really a parodist. Are really spot on. Yes, more you know, than parody. Uh, they uh, are Beatles songs. Uh-huh. They are. Ah, uh-huh. they're mashes ups of several Beatles songs in the one. Instantaneously. Know, great stuff. I once ne- met Neil Innes in London, uh, mm-hmm. and he was very, very nice. But we started off from it. He was very, very disconcerted when we first met because he'd been wearing a lovely Panama hat and en route to wherever I was meeting him in central London he'd been on the tube uh, stepped off the tube and there'd been a gust of wind that had blown his Panama hat off onto the rails and uh, he couldn't get his Panama hat back and he had to pay about 120 quid for a new Panama hat and then he had to meet you and then he had to meet me and it was all very stressful yeah it would be meeting me that would that's the last thing you needed you me in no i didn't have one because he was he's all i at that stage i had hair but he's always been when did he you had always been unhaired back in the early to mid 1990s hmm. yes anyway shall we shall we move on to the royal family <clears throat> and uh, there was a, a quote in Adrian Child's uh, column in The Guardian. You spotted another part of Adrian <laughs> Child's column, which was about devising new, less ominous and, and harsh-sounding names for, for ladies' genitals. Yes, uh, this, this isn't that. Uh, Adrian Child's, his take on the royal family was that uh, we may be missing a point with all the angst over the royal family. I've spent hours talking about it on the radio when I should have been talking about the Iran crisis. It felt wrong. Then it dawned on me that this is actually what the royal soap opera is for. A blessed diversion from reality. If it didn't descend into chaos farce and even occasionally tragedy it wouldn't be so compelling the psychodrama captivates us even if only for so many of us to spend hours wailing that we're not interested the monarchy truly is the opium of the people there's been a lot of column entries written about why this is not interesting we shouldn't be interested yes. in it and um, i've got nothing to say about this yes Pages 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Photos on page 27 and yeah. 29, yeah. Um, and, but throughout it, uh, I've been gripped in a vice-like hold. Have you? But enough of my hobbies. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, they've, oh, I'm never, never entirely sure who any of them are. The Sussexes, the Cambridges, the Wimbledons, the Pembrokes, the, the Pevensies, the Wombles, the Devonshires, uh-huh. the, the Ruttles, even. The Ruttles, yeah. Uh, London tabloid newspapers and very stupid people. This is really a story for them, isn't it? It is, and, uh, but it's, people who but, but think it that of, these people are real. But it's kind of taken over and it's taken it's grown arms and legs because it's there all the time. I, I put on Twitter for a bit of entertainment and I'm going to have to start following new people or get rid of some folk because it's just too Royal much. Stuff. It's just too much yeah. about that. And of course, it know? all has served to divert attention from the non perspiring. Friend of the, the dubious people, yeah. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Yeah, surprising that, isn't it? Yeah. You know. And then there's we've been introduced to a cast of royal experts. Uh, backstairs, Bertie, the bungling, no, the bugling butler. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry, I've made him up. Um, oh, you have you? Yeah. This isn't big Ben no. bonging for breakfast. Oh, not is the it? big. Oh, not going to talk mm-hmm. about that. Uh, Sir Edward Tweed Greedily, oh. uh, he's got a hotline to all the royals, and uh, there's one uh, that's in the uh, private eye, Sir Alan Fitztightly, <laughs> he's another one, uh, but there is a real one called Fiona McElwham, who's one of the royal spokespeople, 
And uh, Macklewham. Well, not and not it, to be confused with Sir Hugh Macklevenny. I don't know. They all have their own uh-huh. spinners who spin this rubbish well, what was on. What you made up but couldn't even pronounce? Sir Edward Tweed Greedily. Oh, no, Baxter's Bertie, the Backstairs bugling Bertie, butler. The bugling butler. Yeah. Anyway, but um, I'm, I'm going to spring this on you slightly. We are going to end oh dear. with uh, to signal. Well, we're not singing. We're going to sing anthem, the royal anthem. Go save a queen. Oh, God. They may you a moron. Potential hash bomb. Go save a queen. She ain't no human being. There is no future in England's drayman. No future. Am I supposed to be joining in? Yeah, you're supposed to join in. No future. No future. No future. God save the Queen. We mean it, man. We love our Queen. God save the Queen. Because Taurus are my name. What does that say? Taurus, Taurus Armani, our figurehead. He's not what's the same. (laughs) And on that note, on that note of royal reverence, it's goodbye from him. And it's goodbye from him as well.